0: Welcome to the Slow the Fuck Down Show. I'm Sensuality Coach, Casey Hall. And I'm Trauma Healer, Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we choose a theme and put together different stories, skills, and songs on that theme to help you slow down and lift you up throughout the pandemic and beyond.
1: On today's episode, Slow the Fuck Down with Pleasure. Welcome and thank you for being part of our conversation. By the end of the show, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. This is your
0: chance to have a positive experience of actually slowing down. So take a deep breath, let your body relax, and soak in our soothing support. With all of the new stress and new challenges triggered by the pandemic, it's easy to notice your bad feelings. I'm sure you're very aware of (laughs) how stressed and shitty you might be feeling lately, Um, which makes it really hard to feel the good feelings. We are here to help you connect with your pleasure today, even as the world falls apart all around us. So if you're someone who's having trouble feeling good during this
1: tough time, we dedicate today's show to you. So today's episode is all about pleasure, and we define pleasure as a feeling of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. A lot of times when we hear the word pleasure, the mind automatically goes to sex. So one of the first things that I wanted to say is that pleasure can include sex, but it doesn't have to.
0: Yeah. When, when I Googled pleasure, it was like everything that came up with it e- was either about sex or about addiction. <laughs> hmm <laughs> It wasn't about pleasure the way you and I define pleasure.
1: Yeah, you can think about pleasure as a pie chart. So a piece of that pie can be sexuality or sex, and the rest of the pieces of the pie are full of all of the other ways in which pleasure impacts your life. So yeah, so people can have a lot of different
0: feelings about the word pleasure and about pleasure itself um, and a lot of different abilities as well like. I know from my own experience that my ability to feel good um, was really limited because I had so much trauma. I had severe PTSD, so I wasn't really able to feel good for very long. I was super well-practiced at feeling stressed out and at feeling depressed and at feeling anxious. I was super good at that. (laughs) I wasn't super good at being able to feel happy, and positive, and a sense of well-being for long periods of time. And I think a lot of people can relate with that. Because your ability to sustain feeling good, to sustain pleasure, has to do with so many things. It has to do with conditioning, and circumstances, and your physical health, and your actual brain function, your stress level, physical, emotional, and sexual traumas all of that has an effect on your ability to be able to even feel pleasure in the first place and then to sustain feeling it for any period of time.
1: I love how you normalize that too because as a sensuality coach that's one of the things that I find a lot in working with clients and then also doing the work myself is there's this Uh, guilt or shame that can come with feeling like we should feel these uh, levels or degrees of pleasure that we don't. Yeah. Or we can't, or we can't, we can't even
0: access them. Right. And that's because when you have any amount of trauma, now remember trauma is stuck stress in your body. That's the shortest definition of trauma with trauma. You are actually trying to protect yourself from having to have bad feelings again. So any emotions that are uncomfortable, any physical sensations that are uncomfortable, the trauma will will kind of make a buffer around you and dampen those sensations down. So in your your attempt to protect yourself from bad feelings, you end up protecting yourself from all feelings and the good ones too. And it happens automatically. It's not like you're consciously doing that to yourself. It is a, an aspect of trauma, right? You have the flight, fight, freeze, or faint response. It's part, all four parts of the stress response. Well, if you've got freeze or faint going on, like I'm a big fainter and freezer, then those emotions and those positive sensations, they're all going to be held under a lid, pushed down, pushed aside, denied, Push them way down deep inside when no one can get to them. And then you, you just can't feel good. You don't even have the ability to feel good. You have to
1: relearn how to feel good. That's the process. I love that you say relearn how to feel good because I believe that pleasure is a birthright. It's something that we were kind of born innately already knowing. Mm. Babies self-pleasure in utero because it's totally normal and it's totally natural right and then they start to grow up and they become toddlers and you can see this same desire for seeking happiness satisfaction enjoyment in all of their actions right I have a um, nephew who's three, and he's absolutely hilarious. He would play this game where <laughs> he, I, uh, I tell him to get a bunch of pillows, and he ends up stacking the pillows. I'm standing up with my feet like a little bit wider than shoulder width apart, and he stacks all the pillows. I tell him, to get all the pillows he can find, up the legs, back the legs, and then he runs up to me and he crashes through it.
0: <laughs> That's so
1: adorable. And it's the best game in the world. And I, I love playing this game with him because it's just, you can watch the way that he's enjoying all the pleasures of every process, right? From getting excited to playing the game, to gathering the pillows, to feeling how squishy they are, to plowing through and then playing afterwards. It's just, you know, we innately seek pleasure. And if you've ever been with a little kid if you do something that they find pleasurable once what do they say again again <laughs> again right just endless this endless uh desire for seeking pleasure and enjoyment and so that's really why i believe that that it's it's a birthright beautiful beautiful
0: i love that and i can see right like that's the positive side of pleasure that we all innately have And then throughout our circumstances and traumas, it can get distorted because we want the dopamine hit that your nephew's getting, right? Like we want that. And then we find these sort of destructive ways to get the dopamine hit and to get the pleasure, right? So that's why when I Googled (laughs) what came up was either sex or addiction, you know? because we want that dopamine hit that we get from pleasurable things. So that's why when I'm doing my happiness training within myself and with my clients is we come up with a system where you have six or more ways to feel joy, happiness, pleasure that really work for you because addiction is having one strong neural pathway to the dopamine hit. To feeling good. If you have more neural pathways, if you have many strong neural pathways to feeling good, you won't have so many problems with addiction. You can train the brain to get pleasurable feelings in many ways. There's this statistic that you need five positive thoughts to just neutralize one negative thought. So you need six or more positive thoughts to feel joyful, to feel pleasure, to feel happiness. So I equate that to six or more strong neural pathways to these healthy thoughts, feelings, behaviors, so you can keep that pleasure alive without, without
1: going to the dark side. <laughs> and yes, and so bringing in the sexual piece of pleasure I think a lot of times people feel that they are broken or that there's something wrong because they only have one way that they've learned to experience pleasure, to experience orgasm. And from what you're saying, you can build more. Yeah, you can build more ways to experience pleasure. And what a
0: great way to live your life, that I'm going to live my life developing healthy ways to feel pleasure, healthy ways to feel joyful. Since our brain is always on the lookout to keep us safe and to protect us, so it gives a higher propensity of attention to negative things. So we actually have to put effort into feeling pleasure and feeling joyful. And there are very real ways to do this. We're going to teach you a couple today in our skills section. (laughs) Yes. I was saying how I had to build my own ability to be able to feel good because I was so practiced at feeling the opposite of pleasure most of the time. And I had this really huge breakthrough in my women's group one day where I realized that instead of always being on this up and down roller coaster where most of the time I felt bad and then I could get to feel good for a little amount of time and then I'd feel bad again, and it was always this up, down, up, down, you know, I had this realization that, hey, I'm allowed to go from good thing to good thing. I'm allowed to go from pleasure to pleasure. I had never had that thought before in my life. The pattern was so ingrained to be this up, down roller coaster ride of my life. You know, it's almost like pleasure and joy become a way of life, a way of existing. It's a lifestyle. It's an actual lifestyle to feel good. So one of my big steps was realizing in the first place that I was allowed to go from good thing to good thing, instead of always waiting for the other shoe to drop, instead of always protecting myself. And you know, it's like, when I think back, I was such a shit magnet. I was just (laughs) putting out these negative vibes, which attracted more negativity to me, obviously not on purpose. You know, I was in therapy, I was getting healings, I was trying to do things to be more positive and to feel better but that victim consciousness that i was caught in really kept me from being able to even imagine that there was good after good for me yeah so i really want to like let people know today if you can relate to that at all man, I just feel like if I can train myself and train my brain to shift out of the way I used to feel and live all the time, then you can too.
1: And hearing you say that you realize that you have the ability to feel good after good just in my body caused me just to go, ha ah, mm. and relax, <laughs> you know? And it's, it sounds so simple, but it's actually quite monumental. I can't tell you how many times like, well, someone says, well, this really good thing happened. So I'm just waiting for Mm -hmm. the bad. Like there's always this, like this happens. So here comes the opposite. It's like, no, what if, what if good could follow good?
0: Right, right. And because I was so traumatized, like I did keep getting hit over the head over and over and the rug pulled out from under me over and over. So that was the ingrained pattern and experience that I had. So to overcome that, you know, took a lot of releasing and then putting this new thing in place that I'm allowed to go from good thing to good thing. And it's really interesting, you know, up until 1998, psychology focused on what was wrong with you, you know, it focused on, uh, psychological conditions and analyzing. And there was a real turning point in 98 because that's when positive psychology was introduced onto the scene of mental health. And positive psychology is the study of the good life or the aspects of the human experience that make life worth living. As an art, it focuses on both individual and societal well being. So mm. I feel like, you know, I was in healing school at that time um, from 96 to 2000 at the Barbara Brennan School of Healing. And I feel like like that was just becoming known that, hey, you can focus, instead of focusing on illness, you can focus on happiness. Your mental health will improve at a much faster and higher rate. And that's a huge shift. To go from focusing on feeling bad all the time to how can I feel good? Where can I feel good? In what ways can I feel good? it's almost like going from practicing feeling shitty to practicing feeling good. <laughs> I equate it that simple, because um, when I look back over my own life, it's like, wow, that, that is a totally, again, different way to live. It's a different lifestyle. And what you focus on persists. What you focus on grows. In gratitude practices, you're focusing on what you're thankful for, and that grows, and it has been documented that a gratitude practice is one of the most positive, healing, forward-moving things that you can do for your own mental health. Even when you have the smallest thing to feel grateful for, it will shift your blood flow. It will shift the chemicals being produced
1: in your brain from stress hormones to happy hormones. Yes. And if you're interested in learning gratitude practices, you can listen to all of our podcasts because they're pretty much.
0: <laughs> we, we go into a major gratitude practice. I don't know. Y'all have to listen to them to see which one it is.
1: <laughs> really just peppered because it it's, because it's so important. So I want to talk a little bit about the benefits of slowing down with pleasure and specifically sexual pleasure. Elizabeth. Do you know how many minutes it takes for the average woman to become fully aroused? I do not. 20. 20 minutes. All right. Yeah. 20 minutes. That seems long. Yeah. And that's kind of why I added that on there, because I think a lot of times there's this pressure that we have to feel more turned on or more ready than we are. Um, I looked up the statistic for how long it takes for men to become fully aroused and i could not find a credible source from direct experience i would say it's less than 20 minutes i'd say it's around 0.2 seconds (laughs) but yes it's of course it's different for everybody but again highlighting that it's okay to slow down to take time for what your body's specifically needs in order for you to become and feel aroused. Thank you for that
0: permission, Casey. (laughs) Dale calls it the slow burn.
1: (laughs) Mm. I like that. It's very sexy. (laughs) Slow burn. So we have what's called a dual control model of our sexual response. One part is the gas pedal or the accelerator and the other part is the brake. The accelerator response to all the sexually relevant information in your environment. So everything you see, hear, touch, smell, taste, imagine, uh, your brain codes as sexually relevant and then sends a turn-on signal. Now the break, at the same time all this is happening, is coming up with and noticing very good reasons not to be turned on. So it's registering everything you see, hear, smell, taste, touch as a potential threat it sends a signal that says turn off. So arousal is not just the process of turning on the ons, it's also turning off the offs. Interesting. I've never heard it explained that way. Right. And there are some people with extra sensitive or insensitive accelerators and extra sensitive or not sensitive brakes. Most of us are just average, but it's important to find out which one you are and then understand it so that during your experiences with sexual pleasure, you can know where you're coming from and you can communicate that to your partner, right? So for example, my accelerator that responds to sexually relevant information and gives me that turn on is like, "Mm, my partner smells good, the room's clean, I'm feeling super excited right now. And then my break is like, the window's open, are the neighbors gonna hear us? And I haven't really showered, today? Am I gross? Am I disgusting? (laughs) And when's the last time I brushed my teeth?
0: (laughs) Okay, I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's these kind of, these these two conflicting parts that are going on at the same time. So once I started to increase my awareness of that, I was able to be like, oh, now I understand why there's such a back and forth. It's understanding the context in which you need in order to experience pleasure and arousal.
0: Yeah, like in our clutter episode, Mm -hmm. we talk about having a space that's conducive to sensual expression and sexuality. What your bedroom looks, smells, feels like contributes or detracts from your sexual feeling.
1: Pleasure is more than just feeling good, it's healthy. And when you don't have pleasure, your vulnerability to stress actually increases. You experience more pain and stress and your body releases a variety of pro-inflammatory chemicals that just contribute to irritation and disease. And as you become more chronically stressed or de-stressed over time, you tend to have more difficulty fully experiencing pleasure.
0: And that's why it's so important to have a pleasure practice in your life. Yes, you'll learn two great skills to help you slow the F down with pleasure right after our commercial break and word from our sponsor. Ready to increase your ability to feel pleasure, then get your ticket for our monthly somatic tantric trauma release virtual classes. Go to the happywomanacademy.com. Click on the hot pink button to get the details and your ticket. It's only 25 bucks and it's free for vets, firefighters, police, and essential workers. I will see you online in class soon.
1: Hi, Slowdown fans. It's me, Mother Nature. Remember, it's your right to experience a state of pleasure and joy amongst all other things.
0: And now for your slowdown skills. Wherever you are, if it is safe for you to close your eyes right now, close your eyes. If not, you can do this at a time where you're safe, there's no one around you, there's no one bugging you, and there's no distractions. Go ahead and notice a part of your body that feels good. A part of your body that already has a sense of well-being, relaxation, of pleasure and allow that part of your body to move however it wants to move for example my right shoulder had been hurting for a while and now it feels really good and it just wants to move around in a circle right now And now I'm noticing that my left knee also feels good and often my left knee hurts. It's an old injury but there's no pain in it right now. noticing an absence of pain. I'm just going to let my left knee move how it wants to move. So you can go through your body and just notice, hmm, where is there no pain? Where is there just sense of calm or well-being or pleasure let that part of your body move however it wants to move this is a way that you can always easily tap back into feeling good and allow your body to show you where there is always already
1: So, our second skill is a pleasure boost.
0: Woo, that sounds nice. How does that go?
1: So, you can insert pleasure boosts into the transition parts of your day. So, in between one activity and another, adding in things like smelling an essential oil, feeling fabric on your clothes that feel enjoyable, giving yourself a one minute massage. Eating something with your eyes closed to really kind of sink in, enjoy the experience. Unplugging from technology. Um, consciously choosing music. I know a lot of times it's like, oh, well, I'll get in the car and I'll either put on the radio or I'll put on Spotify and random. No, choose something that genuinely brings you pleasure. If you're going to spend that time, dedicate to it. I love that.
0: I love that. Pleasure boost throughout your day. That is fantastic. And I'm happy to report that I already do many of those, but the one I'm going to add in is to eat something with my eyes closed. That sounds extra delicious. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Casey. We are here to help you take your healing deeper. So go ahead and set up a consultation with Casey or me, Elizabeth, on our website, SlowTheFDownShow.com. And now it's time for our slowdown playlist. Casey, what is your slowdown
1: song of the week? So my slowdown song is a song called Orion's Belt by Sabrina Claudio. And it's a very sensual song. Mm. Ooh, we're going to
0: have to check that out. That's a new one for, for me and probably for some of our slowdown fans. My slow down song of the week is called Leisure, and it is by Bloom. And it is a super chill, super relaxation. Goes on forever. It is just a vibe ride. It's super lovely. And our Slow Down Fan Slow Down Song of the Week is from my badass genius friend, Nicole batay And her favorite Slow Down song is called Moldau by Smetana. This is a 15 minute classical journey. And we're going to have the link to all of these slowdown songs on our Facebook page, slow the F down show. This song has 15 million listens on YouTube. It is a great source of pleasure for millions of people all over the world. And it takes you on a journey through rivers, through night, through woodland nymphs, it is a sonic pleasure scape. So we hope you enjoy that, you know, we can't play the songs on our show, but it's okay. They're right there on our Facebook page for you, where we encourage you to also add your favorite slowdown songs so we can feature them on our show and put them on our slowdown playlist.
1: Yes. So Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, I think my favorite part of today's show was learning um, That we have accelerator and brakes at the same time to our sexual pleasure. Because that was a new one for me. It gave me a deeper understanding of sexual pleasure within myself. I appreciate it. Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show?
1: My favorite part of today's show is how you so beautifully normalized that learning to feel pleasure is a process, it's an incremental, tiny process. And so wherever you're at is okay. Yeah. You can start there and you can build.
0: It's so true. It's so true.
1: On our next episode, Slow the Fuck Down with Poverty Consciousness. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the pleasure of your slowdown. Remember, go to slowthefdownshow.com to schedule your free consultation with Casey or Elizabeth.